John 16. I uh, appreciate, I love the Word of God. And if you don't love the Word of God, I, I, I just don't know how, what you're basing your love for God for. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what, you, what kind of idea. The Bible talks about being turned to fables. I know we don't like to consider that, but that's what the Word says. A lot of people's hearts are kind of, well, you know, you hear the statement, well, the God that I serve is, well, I hope he's the God of the Word. I hope he's not the God that you kind of created in your own image. And uh, But this scripture that we're turning to about the work of the Spirit of God in our lives is something I I haven't heard in all the preaching that I've listened to over the years much on at all. But, you know, if Jesus said it, I think uh, we need it. I'm sure of it. Amen. God bless you all for you. Just your faithfulness and your hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let's all pray. Father, thank you. We lean on you, Lord. We thank you for truth. Lord, your word is truth. God, help us, I pray, to to have ears to hear what your spirit would say to us. God, help us, Lord. We know your word is spiritually discerned. God, help us to, Lord, let your presence just work in this house and teach us. Lead us, God, and and help us, Lord, not only to be hearers, but we want to be doers of your word. And God, you know, Lord, and we know that that's where we are blessed in, Lord, building our foundation, building our house on the rock. Have your way. We ask it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. John 16, just two verses here. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, it's important, it's necessary for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. God bless you. You can be seated. We spoke last week about... What Jesus said in many places about the new birth, about New Testament salvation. A lot of people are very good at, you know, you can be really good at things that you shouldn't be good at, you know. They're really good at taking scriptures out of context. But Jesus told us if we would believe as the scripture saith, that's the important part of faith. I know a lot of times I, people, uh, you know, they try to do something, maybe even coming, showing up on time. And I say, well, look at that. You're even a little early. They say, don't you have any faith? My faith's in God. <laughs> so I, I might question, you know, different things in this world. But, but God, help me never to question you. Just to believe it. Amen. Jesus told us if we believe as the Scripture has said, out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. And he spoke of the Spirit of God that was not yet poured out, not yet given, it said there in John 7. Jesus said many things, even in his last words in Acts, the first chapter. He said to go and wait in Jerusalem for that promise that he talked about in John 7. That you would be filled. He said, he, he said, I baptize you with water. John talked about being baptized in water, but I'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. We, uh, we know that this is how the church was born in the New Testament from the blood of Jesus Christ. The gospel being that he died on the cross for our sins. I am very worried and concerned uh, about people that will be very focused on God's Spirit, but you hear very little about the cross. Amen. You hear very little about repentance and and a turning away from sin and, and a turning to Calvary. A recognizing that Jesus shed His blood because of sin. Amen. We, uh, we understand that His death, His burial for three days and three nights, His resurrection praise God, had to happen. He needed to be glorified is what he said there in John 7. If you'll look at it in your spare time, that that, that once he was glorified, his spirit could be poured out. See, the, the dwelling place, our lives needed to be prepared. He could not 
be their king before Calvary because the price needed to be paid for sin. And that price is for us today. That is why we're excited. It's not about us trying to be good, trying to behave ourselves. So many people, well, I'll get this taken care of. I'll, I'll try to uh, clean myself up so that I can come to church someday. No, let just come to Jesus. Just let Him work in your life. Turn to Him with your whole heart because He wants to save you. Today, God's Spirit is still available. Today, His power still fills us. As it did there in that first day, he said, This promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. God will fill you with his spirit. Amen. Praise God. Love him. Worship him. Don't be discouraged. Don't, 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 uh, don't uh, give up hope. God loves you and he wants to fill you. Amen. With his power. Praise God. Keep, just reach out to him. Love him. Amen. Continue to worship Him and have faith and trust. God will fill you with His Spirit. We hear a lot in this day about the Spirit of God. And so often, like I kind of started saying, it's, it can be very imbalanced. It can be very uh, uh, just uh, emphasized to the point of error that somehow doctrine doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Like we said, repentance doesn't matter. Just as long as you have some kind of evidence, just as long as there's some kind of uh, 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 charismatic behavior. Listen to me. Praise God. The Spirit's going to guide you into all truth. The Spirit's going to lead you, praise God, to the Word of God and to His truth living in you. We hear a lot. We're not going to discount it. The Word of God is true. We hear a lot about His gifts. Everybody likes gifts. Amen. I, I don't know anybody that would say, I, I, don't, I, I don't like gifts, don't give me anything. We like uh, when people are... And God talks about the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. I want to take a little bit of time. We're not going to... We've been... Be very mindful of our time. And, and, but 1 Corinthians 12 talks about in verse 4 that there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And Paul is talking to a carnal church, talking to a spiritually immature church and it seems like one of the attributes of their immaturity was that they were so focused on gifts and not so much on the giver not so much really on the purpose of those gifts which were to edify the church but they liked feeling important and they liked comparing themselves among themselves they like to maybe think my my uh, position and my place in church is more important because of my gift but paul is trying to not only teach these gifts but also put them in a perspective of maturity that says there are different gifts same spirit don't judge your brother don't set your brother at naught don't look down on your brother or your sister and uh, because uh, of, of a different gift you got to be careful with that Bible says there's differences in administrations, but the same Lord. Diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. Uh, case in point, Jesus, our greatest example, of course. Uh, you know, there were times in as he healed people, he, he didn't always just perform it the exact same way. Doesn't mean one way was more important than the other. The bottom line is God gets the glory. Amen. That's so important that God gets the glory. But also that somebody was blessed and healed and helped. And so uh, whether he, he touched them or whether he spoke the word or whether he even uh, put mud uh, on them. That's not, uh, that's not really the, the, the important thing. But the important thing was that the Spirit of God was working. Amen. So the manifestation of spirit is going to happen, and it, but it's given to every man to profit with all, it says in verse 7. The manifestation of the spirit, the making known of his presence is to given to every man, but it's to profit the church, not to build you up in some way, but to edify the church. Excel, I believe it says in 1 Corinthians 14 in the same context of this, excel under the edifying of the church. So it points to Jesus, it exalts Him, and it builds up faith. Anything else, anything that brings confusion, anything that is self-serving, it's, it's, not, it's not God. So verse 
8 says, look, for one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Listen, but all these worketh that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So we aren't uh, judging, condemning, exalting one another, but we, we are... The Spirit works together in us, orchestrated beautifully, to give Him glory and to build up the church. We, we hear a lot. We may talk more about this uh, in, in the near future. I don't know. But we, we, we have a lot. People love to think about gifts. And understand that if God's a giver of good gifts, I, I certainly say God give us gifts. We also hear about the fruit of the Spirit, how important that is. Galatians 5. Just maybe a little bit of review, maybe a little bit of uh, preview. I don't know. Galatians 5, verse 22, and this whole chapter talking about the battle that goes on. Brother Chris mentioned that, that uh, you know, God's not uh, given us problems, but we give ourselves a lot of problems, right? And I know the devil's active, alive, and well, and we're not going to... Uh, ignore him, but we don't want to give him more credit than he deserves either. A lot of times when we are following our own will, following our flesh, following what, you know, maybe rashly even not praying about things, we can't say, ah, it's just not fair, it's not right. Well, sometimes uh, what you sow, you're going to reap. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Amen. You can say, God, I can't believe I've got all these thorns in my life. Well, how much time have you taken in your life to sow to the Spirit? Galatians 5, verse 22, leading up to this, we see the works of the flesh, and we see a lot of the, we, we just great chapter to read. We don't want to, just for sake of time, but we want to look at the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And now remember, just just talk to someone recently, great conversation with them, someone not here in the church, but, but they, were, I was, they were talking about trying so hard to... to, to have a closer walk with God, trying so hard to, to, to be right. And, and I said, well, let's, let's talk about that. What do you mean by trying hard to, to, to be a better Christian and to have a better relationship, really, is what he was saying, with God? That's, you know, it's, that sounds very commendable, but what do you mean by that? And he said, well, the fruit of the Spirit. Said, Please explain even a little bit farther than that. Well, I mean, I'm looking at these and starts talking about love, joy, peace, and long-suffering and going out and say, okay, wait, wait, wait. You said you're trying to have a better relationship with God. And when I said how, you said the fruit of the Spirit. Are you telling me you're, you're trying really hard to love more so you can get closer to God? You're trying to have more peace? I said, Tell me again. He said, the fruit of the Spirit. I said, what did you just say? The fruit of the Spirit. I said, I think he was getting frustrated with me. I said, hear what you're saying. This isn't a list, a checklist of what you need to do and work on. This is the fruit of God's Spirit in you. This is the character, the nature of Christ. This is his personality, if you will. This is his character and my own righteousness trying so hard to love is so inadequate. I can't, the best, it, it just, I wish I could convey to you how, how hopeless that sounds to me, hearing me say, I'm going to try to love people better. I, come, I ask God, fill me with your love. Try to love you better. Lord, fill me with that. Help me to do that. So it is the fruit of God's Spirit. When God's Spirit enters you, it's so much more than gifts. Many, many times in the context of Scripture, it's talking about being filled with the Spirit. People's mind goes right to, oh, exercise the gifts. Thank God for gifts. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't said the first thing against them. But what it's saying is be filled with His character. Be filled with His righteousness. Not your own, but... Be filled with Him. What does that mean? To be filled with love. Yeah. Say, oh, I'm filled with the Spirit. I spoke in tongues. Are you filled with love? All right. That's it. 
Are you filled with joy? Are you filled with peace? Say, brother, you're challenging me. Good, good. I want to challenge you to be filled with him. You say, well, I I don't know, brother. Are you saying I'm I'm not saying I couldn't say, God, I, I need more of you. Long suffering, or we would say patience, gentleness. This is Jesus. Goodness. Faith. I want to try to have more faith. Be filled with more of him. Let go of more of you and let him increase in you. Meekness or humility, temperance, self-control. All these things are things we, we can condemn ourselves and say, I need to do better. Just spend more time in his presence. The Bible says, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let me slow that down a little bit. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh. It means I've got to put to death my will, my nature, be able to come to God and say, I've come to a place. You know, there are people, and this is the difference between maybe religion, maybe just good people per se. I know the Bible says there's none good, but good in standards of the world. Oh, I'm going to just try to be a better person, a better man. I'm going to read some self-help and try really hard. When you recognize that there's so much more that you fall short of, when you start reading the gospel and seeing how great Jesus is and to, to, to love like that, to serve like that, to be filled with things like joy and peace, you've got to look to the cross and say, God, let my life be crucified with you and let, you, let your spirit live through me. We live in, If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So important. Let us, all, let us not be desiring, desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So, just a little bit here. I want to keep moving. There's so much to be said, so much to learn. But I want to just say today, I want to submit to you that we do hear a lot about the gifts of the Spirit. We hear a lot about the fruit of the Spirit. But do we hear much about the reproof of the Spirit? Jesus said, the Spirit's going to come and reprove us. Said it's expedient, it's important that I go away. The Spirit will reprove the world, let me say, of, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That doesn't sound that exciting, I guess. Doesn't sound as exciting to, to our flesh. To a church that's really so much about how I feel and, and how, how I... Uh, what I want and what I'm comfortable with, I can tell you, very comfortable around gifts. I'm comfortable around fruit. But reproof, not so much. Reproof is to find fault and to correct it. It's something that we need if we're going to grow. Any child needs corrected. I know we're living in a day when... Fallen nature has shown us a a, a day so full of abuse and so full of pride that, you know, Paul even through the Holy Ghost told the church, you know, don't provoke your children to anger when you're bringing them up. They need corrected. Don't don't provoke them. Don't, Don't bring them. Don't allow them to be overwhelmed with shame by by a a carnal hateful action or reaction to their disobedience, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. God's a good father. God's a good father. But being a good father means we need to be corrected. It does not mean that just our way is always right and and God is our our servant to, to give us what we please. The Spirit of God will reprove you. And it's such a beautiful thing if you let it happen. If God says, I love, I correct who I love. I chasten who I love. God's not ready. You don't have to worry about being, uh, does God hate me? Is he, is he angry with me? Is he, is he ready to give up on me? No, he'll love you and he'll correct you. He's going to be patient with you. But you have to be humble enough to be willing to be corrected. To recognize, hey, I need some help here. I need, 
It sounds reasonable, and I think in church most of the time everybody sits there and goes, oh, yeah, I don't know everything. Until we get the Spirit dealing with us. And then we switch into, sadly, uh, we can even be very religious about it, like the Pharisees, and try to, he said, you are those who justify themselves. When God's Spirit comes and says, hey, you know what? I've got a better way of dealing with this than your flesh or your anger or your, your envy, your strife. I've got a better way to deal with this. And right away, hey, this is why I'm right. Rather than, God, just work on me. Help me do better. Reproof means God's going to find fault when we are at fault and, and correct us and help us to learn and grow and mature in Him. Now, to, to, to read what this says, uh, you know, he talks about reproving the world of sin. That, that makes sense. We understand that. We, we see sin as the bad guy, hopefully. But, but the Spirit of God will work in us in a way that will, will redefine sin for us. We come sometimes to God and we say, I know some of the things I'm doing are not really best. They're not really right. They're, 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 I would consider them sinful. A lot of times, our definition of sin is, what are they doing that I don't like? Right? <laughs> that kind of music they listen to. Oh, that's, that's devil music. What do you like? Oh, I like my music. Does God like it? Butt out. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what they do and how they their addictions are the devil's. My addictions. Well, I just need a little, you know, something to take the edge off. You don't want to. You know uh, what they're doing, right? What the world is doing. It's so easy, but but when the Lord comes, He will He will redefine sin for us. He'll let us know what He doesn't like. That's why we need Him in us. Because we can live really good justifying ourselves while condemning the same things in our enemies. We can set up our own standards of righteousness and God just comes in and says, You're all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm so holy. None of your best really measures up to what it really needs to be. And... And it's not whether you like it or not. It's not whether you're comfortable with it or not. See, we have this horrible ability to slowly get comfortable with the dark. We dim the lights for a little while. You might not even notice at first. You know, if we... Uh, and, and, and we can adjust to the dark. We can adjust to some things. In our culture... So much seems to be happening, and you say, "How? Where did this ever come from?" Trust me, that same spirit. Paul talked about it. I think it was in Second Thessalonians, back hundreds, two thousand years ago, really, talking about the spirit of iniquity, the spirit of antichrist, already at work in the churches. Right. So what we see with with everything that just the confusion of, uh, of, uh, of our roles and sexuality and gender and, and on and on and on that we could, we could list the things that are in our culture. People say, wow, where did that come from? It didn't just start overnight. Where did such perversion come from? Where did such, such filth come from? Why is it so easy to just access such complete, complete just horrible sin and and uh slowly people got used to the dark preachers of righteousness so often are seeing that spirit working and say we don't want to go down this road and i'm like oh that's harmless but the spirit of god if you'll let the spirit of god show you the spirit of sin Jesus, didn't Jesus deal with that? The letter of the law killeth, it says. Uh, but Jesus dealt with the spirit that gives life. He talked about the law and the commandments. And, and uh, you know, you're saying thou shalt not kill. He wasn't saying that's not right. Of course it's right. But he went down to a spirit of murder. Yeah. <laughs> it. 
Some of you aren't going to admit to a spirit of murder, but you probably had to say, no, 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 I'm not going to choke them. <laughs> that, would, that, that wouldn't look right, but oh, you imagined it eight different ways. So as far as lust and adultery, you know, I, I draw on the lines, you know, as the, sadly it's, you know, you can look, but you can't touch. Jesus said, you have it in your heart, you're, you're guilty of that spirit. So as we look to the word of God, God starts digging down and really even getting to the root of that beyond even the action, but the spirit of it. And what you'll find as you draw near to God and let Him fill you with His Spirit and fill you with His character, you're going to find there's going to be some things I never, for the life of me, thought I'd be uncomfortable around and not really even just feel the need to stand up and say, everybody is, is just horrible. That, But there's just some things I just don't feel like that needs to be a part of my life anymore. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm not trying to criticize anyone. But I do recognize that, that uh, I feel like the Spirit of God in me is moving me in a, in a cleaner direction. The Bible calls it sanctification. A lot is said, and rightfully so, about being justified by faith. But there is a process of becoming holy called sanctification. And, and He will work in you. And that's the Spirit working. That sin is still sinful, and it's God's eyes, not you. We are not going to receive a, a book uh, that he says, now let me, uh, you know, on this judgment day, look and see. What did you think was sinful? Let's see. Let's find your convictions. I think, I think there's definitely a problem if you can read the Word of God. And there are things, believe it or not, in your New Testament that God says, you do this, you're not going to, over and over, this is not going to be in heaven. And people that are doing that, don't be deceived. That's, that's, that's why God gets angry with the world. Certainly don't let it in the church. Don't let it in your life. Nothing. He said in such like in one place. That don't, don't, don't even get near that. That's carnal. That's flesh. That's sin. We have a problem if, if we say, well, I know what the Bible says, but I don't feel conviction. Maybe you're not close enough to the Spirit. Because the Spirit said, I will reprove you. Well, and, and when you're confronted with that and, and it comes to you and, the, and it is the word of God and, and you say, well, I know what the Bible says, but I just don't feel. Are you allowing the spirit of God to reprove you of sin? Now, we could spend much, much more time and, and, and may revisit this. I, I do feel like maybe, uh, well, we'll just see. Let's say we may be back at this soon. But uh, when we read there in John sixteen eight. When he has come, he will reprove the world's sin. But then he goes on, and this is where maybe it gets a little more difficult for some. That the Spirit of God is going to find the fault and correct the sin in our lives, in the world. And he goes on and says he's going to Reprove the world of righteousness. Now, you just don't really hear a lot about that, maybe, and, and recognize that, that we need to look at Now, why would God have a problem with righteousness? Well, the Bible makes a distinction. There's something that is true righteousness. There's a lot of maybe righteous acts, religious acts. You know, you can go right back to the book of Genesis and see... Two men sacrificing to God. It's not a random whim of God in any way at all that one sacrifice, the sacrifice of Abel, the blood that was shed, was accepted. But Cain's sacrifice was not received of God. And God goes to him. People have said, well, Cain didn't receive a good a fair shake with God. It's just not fair. He gave his, what, his best. No, it was important that, that there was bloodshed, that there was a slain animal. There was, uh, it is the, the thread of scarlet throughout the Word of God. It's, and, and, and God even meets with Cain and says, Hey, why, why the long face, so to speak? You know, don't you know that if you do well, He made a choice. 
he did maybe what he thought was acceptable, but he never stopped and said, God, is this acceptable to you? But he said, understand, Cain, sin lies at the door. You may not be looking for it, but it's looking for you. So make a choice to do well. And throughout, throughout the Word of God, you'll find a lot of religion, a lot of, a lot of great ideas, so to speak, but it wasn't God's idea. God says in the book of Deuteronomy, when you come into the land of Canaan that I'm going to give you, the inhabitants there are, are pagan. The inhabitants there are worshiping false gods. Don't look into what they're doing to worship their gods and bring that to me. I don't care what those false demonic gods, according to the New Testament, I don't care what they like. Find out what I like. Worship in spirit and in truth. So the Spirit of God is going to challenge us sometimes. Going to make us not only see sin in His light, but also redefine righteousness. What's the Bible say about our righteousness being filthy rags? Amen. Not self-righteousness. Not justifying ourselves. Not having a very, very good reason, but just submitting to God and letting His Spirit live in us. I mean, how many times is how many times be honest with yourself that maybe you you cross some lines, but you justify it. Well, you know, the Bible says this. be careful, be careful using the Bible in a way that will be self-serving out of context, not really the spirit of what God is saying to justify, you know, an outburst that that was cruel. Amen. There's so much righteousness has to be God's righteousness in us. It has to be His power living in us. It has to be, you look and read like, like we did with the fruit of the Spirit. That's righteousness. Amen. That's, that's holiness that, that, that starts in our heart and our lives. Sometimes we have to come to God and say, God, I behaved well, but inside I, I was so full of condemnation and judgment and tearing people down and just just so full of trying to build myself up and see the wrong and I I never took a first step of just trying to help and pray and strengthen somebody and you know how what it says in in the book of Hebrews it talks about the word of the Lord being sharp and powerful alive sharper than any two-edged sword and it talks about how it will get down into the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts amen righteousness it's got to start down here. Righteousness can't be like the young man that's told you better sit down. You're not going to get dessert through this meal if you don't stay seated. You're not no more standing up on the on the chair and disrupting everything. And and the child saying, "I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside." You got that. That's the way our flesh so often is. As long as my, as long as my peers see righteousness, but inside, behind this, oh, how I love Jesus! You're saying the words and and raising your, you know, waving your hands, just like you're so spiritual inside. You're thinking, oh, I can't believe they're standing next to me, that hypocrite. Oh, I can't believe they walked in church. I hope the roof doesn't fall down. Oh, maybe you ought to pray. Amen. Your righteousness. Like the Pharisee that prayed to himself. Yes, that's right. You know us, Jesus and the Word don't ever, don't ever hesitate. People have to kind of, sometimes they get in this habit, got to tear one thing down to build something else up. That's not, that's not right. Jesus was very clear about sin. He even told those he showed mercy on, go and sin no more. Sin is very clearly outlined in, in, in the Gospels and in the New Testament, but so often the anger, the passion that you see is right there in the house of the Lord. Amen. Turning over the money changers tables. So often it's directed, woe unto you Pharisees and scribes, hypocrites. It ought to challenge us. You, you make yourself so righteous. You, you, you try to cross overseas and make people proselyte. You, you try, to, try to evangelize and be missionary. You're making them a twofold child of hell as yourself. Blind guides of the blind. I'm telling you what, righteousness will be reproved by the Spirit if you really have His Spirit. It's going to challenge your righteousness. Challenge the why. 
challenge the... You, you know you can do the right thing for the wrong reasons. Yeah, you can. If you're upset because nobody noticed you doing right, you're doing the right for the wrong reasons. Amen. If it upsets you that you don't get credit for doing right, you'll get your reward, not in heaven. Amen. So, moving along. Going to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Well, the idea of judgment, most of the time we think of judgment being God, God's wrath, God's anger, judgment. God saves us from that. But, but that word judgment is also used in a context of meaning knowing the difference between right and wrong. You're being able to, to judge. Now, there are stipulations and, and very, very good understanding of being judgmental. Talked about that Pharisee kind of attitude. But the whole sweeping idea of never judging is such an error. Because we have to know the difference between right and wrong. We, we're not condemning people, but we have to condemn some of the, some of the teachings, some of the ideas, and know, to know the difference between deceivers and false prophets and truth. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. So there, there are lines, and we've dealt with this extensively, but to recognize the difference between right and wrong, we need His Spirit. Amen. We need His Spirit. Our, our worldview, our ability to live in this world and recognize the dangers Amen. sometimes. It's, it's amazing to see somebody that, that has been living in just so many seemingly innocent things. Praise God that now we see how, how damaging, how dangerous they can be. How sad is it? You know, we're coming into season. I'm, I'm not going to talk about it this week, but we're coming into this, uh, this uh, festive Halloween season. And uh, so many things can be said about it for sure, and its origins, and even how it plays out today. I... I remember talking to somebody here recently, a friend uh, outside of church and, and, and his wife, and, and, and they worked at uh, local Target. And I asked them, I said, how in a day so full of perversion and abuse and exploitation can we have sleazy little girl costumes being sold? How is that legal? How is that? How how is that ever pass anyone's desk? Let alone not cause some kind of uproar. Amen. Amen. So so innocent. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Some of the things that that. Uh, We've seen, and, and, and there's so many different avenues, just taking something so obvious. But yet, so many times, some of us, myself included, just different things I've listened to, different bands, different people that, that have been at the top of the charts, extended time at the top of the charts, that, that still to this day, I hear, I hear a song somewhere. I say, wait a minute, listen to that. She's just 17. You know what I mean. How is that okay in any generation? Yeah. Amen. Hello? Yes, sir. I heard somebody who is a, 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 uh, a musician, a, a very prominent musician, really had their hits probably more back in the 70s, but now is very active in politics today. Somebody come in and say, you have a song called Jailbait talking about a 13-year-old girl. How is that still, how is that ever legal, let alone still out there being sold? So, I know this is an extreme example, but this is our culture. I could spend much time, I've spent much time talking to my children, raising them, and, and times of teaching where, where there are very evil things that are just passed off. 
as oh, it doesn't really mean anything. I just like the way it sounds, you know. It just makes it really, you know, oh, that that's talking about some kind of illicit behavior. It's, you know, it's, uh, it does, well, you don't take that seriously. Amen. A few years back, there was a young man. It's not maybe a little more than a few years, but I remember having a church function, young man that's been around church, been, been, I don't know if you could say he was raised in church, talking about a, this was talking about a, uh, one of his favorite rock stars. He's trying to feel a little edgy. He was only probably about 13 or 14 years old, but saying, oh, I like, I like this one singer. I really like Marilyn Manson. And man, I just like that, you know, the, the sound of that. And I like that. I said, does it bother you? He's on a stage in women's underwear. Maybe 20 years ago. Does that bother you at all? Kind of looked at me funny. I can't believe a preacher said that. I said, I don't know why that wouldn't bother you. Amen. But it's, 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 it's leaked in. It's kind of been a dimmer on our society. And now today, sadly, there's a lot of Christians that are, you know, okay with this. I, uh, you know, I, I received my first Halloween costume from my pastor's wife, who was also my grandmother. And it was Satan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I was like six years old. Oh, wow, this is great. I'm going to dress up like the devil. Thanks, Grandmom. <laughs> I know everybody doesn't have that mentality, but it's there. It's there in churches. and uh, Let's move on. Our opinions. We've all got them. And so many times we really feel how important they are and our opinion on every little thing. I, I'm trying to be so careful. God, help me to submit my opinions to you. There's a lot of my opinions that really I find out very quickly, God, it doesn't really matter because it has nothing to do with me. But that my opinions might be based in a way that, that are godly and in a way that, that, that move the kingdom of God forward. That, that what I see and how I, how I judge my neighbor and how I judge this culture and how I judge uh, uh, the, the, whatever's happening, in, in the, whether it's the music or the, the, the entertainment industry or the government, that God, that, that I have your heart. I know the difference between right and wrong, but how does that apply to me in such a way that moves your kingdom forward? And that my priorities as a Christian... We said earlier about, about that uh, materialism and money and status and celebrity. Don't tell me that's not pulling down those that are calling themselves Christian leaders in America. Taking them away from preaching the truth of God's Word. But oh, that, that our righteousness would be reproved. It would be corrected by God. First John, 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verse 1. Oh, thank you, Lord. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Is this, does this line up with the Word of God? Is this, is this ego and pride? Is this arrogance? And, 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 or is this, so, is this God's nature? Is this God's righteousness? Is this God's judgment? 1 John 4, 6 says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us, not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Our judgment needs to be corrected by God. There are times, you know what? Jesus talked to Peter and said, Peter, this is uh, how you are going to leave this world. You're not going to leave without a violent martyr death. And Peter in his early days before before he was filled with God's Spirit in, in the book of Acts, he kind of had that idea. Well, what about John? What is that? You know, I, okay, Lord, but you know what? It's not fair if he does. Is he going to go out of here peacefully? Because why, why did that? That's just flesh, you know. And Jesus, if 
we can just kind of boil down his statement. He says, what is that to you? Basically, why don't you mind your business, Peter? (laughs) What I do with John has absolutely nothing. And you know what Jesus said about John? It goes on and says it was misspoken and misunderstood. From that point on that Jesus said, oh, he's going to abide forever. Listen, our judgment sometimes not only needs to be what is truly in God's sight, right and wrong, what is what is our but our priorities of what's really important. We got so much to do in this world before Jesus comes. God wants us to be a light. God wants us to be that salt. God wants us in this last day to, to be be doing his will about his business. But we can't be doing his business if we're in everybody else's business. And sometimes, sometimes you just have to say, because of judgment, some things aren't even important. You know, it's okay to say no to some things. Every time somebody has an offer, every time somebody has something, you've got to stop and say, is this going to pull me away from more important things? Is this going to pull me away from things that really should be my focus? Is this going to be a distraction? It's going to be a waste of time. The Spirit of God will reprove you. It will correct you with your priorities, with your judgment. Not only between sin and righteousness, but also just what is edifying? What is expedient for me? How we need God's Spirit. But we need God's Spirit, not just His gifts, not just His, the fruit of His Spirit, but let God correct us. Let God reprove us. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Hallelujah. We can't claim that Jesus is Lord. Really, with all honesty, with all of our hearts, if He can't find where we need help and correct us, find the fault. And we need to open up our lives, God, not just to, Lord, if there's any sin in my life, but God, help me with what I value as righteousness and how I tell the difference, not in my only in myself, but in this world, that I can be walking with you. Sometimes there's just clutter. Clutter in our minds of our opinion on everything and everybody and every, 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 what people are doing and why we think they should have done differently when we ought to be able to have a clarity and a peace to be able to say, God, let me hear your voice and lead me. Let me be able to help somebody take a step forward. God's Spirit is working. God's Spirit is always working. and His desire is to fill you. And if you, if you keep reaching out to Him, if you keep on surrendering to Him, loving Him, believe in His promise, He'll fill you and He'll, He'll fill your life. Hallelujah. It's His presence. It's His power that takes us forward. Not our own, not our efforts. You just surrender to Him. Let Him work in you. Let Him work through you. See how great of work He does. Let's all find a place to pray. Let's take some time and just talk to Him. Lord, help us, I pray. Help us, Lord. God, help us, Lord. I pray You're working. My friends, God.
Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.